When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy opening day, Fenway Rundown listeners. I'm Chris Cotillo, your host, Red Sox beat writer for Mass Live. Here on opening day at Fenway Park, Red Sox and Orioles underway this afternoon. And we want to get you started for the season by going right to the top of the organization. Sam Kennedy, the Red Sox president and CEO, kind enough to join us as he does from time to time on the show. Going to talk about spring training, why in the world the Red Sox are playing a home game on March 30th on opening day when it's freezing like this out, and really some other things. I think the most interesting thing uh, is at the end, Sam gives his win total prediction for the Red Sox in 2023, which you often don't hear you know, top executives do. So always a pleasure to have Sam on and talk shop. Hope this gets you in the mood for some baseball, and uh, enjoy the start to the season. So I'm not sure if this is the uh, second or third year in a row that we've had Sam Kennedy for a pre-opening day uh, kind of preview episode on the Fenway Rundown, but we we appreciate it nonetheless, Sam. I know you're busy, so uh, thanks for taking the time to join us and kind of talk shop here for a few minutes. Great to be with you, Chris. Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, happy opening day. Best time of year. Yeah, it's uh, I'm sitting in Fort Myers. We record this. It's about 100 degrees, and wow. Fenway, Fenway uh, on Thursday is going to be about... 30 32 right so yeah, we'll, we, as long as it's dry we'll take it but we had uh, we had mayor Wu over here for the annual uh mayor's walkthrough showed her some of the improvements and um it's uh it's that time of year we're ready to go so i, I gotta ask this question because it's one that's always on my mind this time of year especially when you guys open at home how come there's not a rule that you have to open in a warm place if, if the schedule is going to be starting March 30th, March 31st. And I think last year, the original schedule was Red Sox raised at Fenway. That would have made a lot more sense to be at the trop right that time of year. Is there, I mean, why does that happen where there's opens in these cold weather places? Yeah, I, I think it just goes back to the um, desire for sort of equity and competitiveness, making sure that um, the schedule sort of alternates between whether you open at home, open on the road. Um, I think it's something that we should look at as as an industry. The uh, you know I've, I've heard many people say you know we're, we're we are in the business of baseball, we're in the business of entertainment, but we are very much in the business of weather as well. It's um, really difficult to ask our fans to sit through um, a nine inning game when it's 48 degrees and raining out. So um, whatever we can do to examine that, I think we'd be, we'd be well served and it's something we should look at. Although it is very difficult to schedule 162 games uh, in 183 days or whatever it is, but we, we should look at it and consider all options. Cause it, it, it is hard in the beginning of the season with in these cold weather climates, but look, the reality is, both teams have to play in, in tough conditions. We're lucky we'll have a sellout house here on Thursday, um, thanks to the best fans in baseball, and they'll deal with the cold. They they, they always do. Well, the silver lining is that after six at Fenway, you get to go to Detroit for three. So that'll be <laughs> that is the annual uh, early April Detroit trip in there, too, where there's always a guaranteed rain delay there. 
I, I'm looking forward to uh, to Kike's uh, gear. I know he'll have the, uh, the 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 mask, the the, the ski mask, and um, it, it's it it's just baseball in in the Northeast and uh, in, in the North generally is is tough, but excited to get going nonetheless. It's been a great spring training across the board with all the new rule changes and everything that's uh, that's happening. WBC, we've. I don't feel I don't think baseball has ever had the wind at its back quite like we do right now. So it's a, a, a good time of year and lots of optimism. Yeah, I think that's where uh kind of start with the actual serious questions, the non-weather ones. Uh, you know, you mentioned the WBC, you watched it from afar. Obviously, you know, a guy that uh the organization paid a lot of money to and Masataka Yoshida had a great tournament. Um, seemed like there was, you know, buzz there, the Otani trout at bat, all that type of stuff. Um, as somebody who you know, is obviously a proponent of the tournament, somebody who's involved with Major League Baseball at the highest level. What were your takeaways from that whole experience? Uh, it was a, a walk-off grand slam, <laughs> to, to be honest. We spent a lot of time at Major League Baseball and the International Committee. Uh, our chairman, Tom Ricketts, uh, did a great job advocating for this tournament, this event. Uh, Chris Marinak, Noah Garden, uh, uh, Jim Small, everyone ultimately um, queued up a lot of different information for the commissioner to decide uh, what to do with this event a couple years ago. And, and kudos to Rob Manfred for keeping us uh, on track and, and working with the Players Association. We're very grateful to, to Tony Clark and, and all the players. This is such an important thing for baseball um, to highlight uh, the best players in the world playing for their country um, is, is just remarkable. And I, as a fan, uh, I, I'm just, I think we are all, we, we owe a debt of gratitude to the players who not only were okay playing for their country, wanted to play for their country. And I really think this tournament is gaining momentum and gaining speed and, and interest and excitement. The television ratings around the globe were extraordinary. And um, it's a, a really, really great event. We couldn't have had a, a better finish. It was just remarkable. And how excited were you to see what Yoshida did on that big stage? It was awesome to see um, Masa. He he did a, a an amazing job. Um, it was uh, it was great to. Uh, I, I was very lucky to be in Miami for Puerto Rico, Dominican. Got to see Kike and and Rafi and and um, old friend Christian Vasquez, and it was just an amazing atmosphere. So great to see our our Red Sox players out there representing and and playing for their home country and look forward to 2026 already. I know you've bounced back and forth between you know, here and home as, as you do during spring training, as a lot of us do, because every day in Fort Myers is the exact same. So it makes sense to go home with us at a certain point. But, um, you know, I think Alex Gore has said a few times he's been, you know, surprised by the way the offense looks and, you know, different guys have said kind of their takeaways of camp from your chair. What is the biggest thing that you'll take away from 2023 Red Sox spring training? And then kind of maybe what the biggest surprise has been in your mind? Well, in terms of the takeaway, for, for me, I guess, you know, as, as you get older, everything goes faster. Years go faster. Days go faster. Weeks, months go faster and faster. I feel like it was yesterday we were having the first team meeting, um, you know, with John Henry and, and, and Alex Cora and all the players. And Alex that day talked about focus. And, you know, obviously we had a disappointing year last year. He wanted to turn the page on on the last year's campaign and and to focus from that first day, that first workout, that first um, batting practice, the first games. So I feel like there's been um, uh, an extreme focus on the little things, the details, 
on health, uh, on, on getting guys ready to go, because we need to get off to a fast start. I mean, look, we're, there's a, a lot of um, uh, pressure on this club. We understand that even though the expectations are low, we know what it, it means to be playing in the Boston market. We got to get this fan base behind this team. Um, and I think we can do that with a fast start. Uh, in terms of um, surprise uh, or, you know, takeaway, just just seeing the um, uh, the the pure joy with which Chris Sale is playing baseball, throwing that ball again. I'm so happy for him and his family. He's been so he's been through so much um, through no fault of his own, suffering uh, injury after injury, freak injuries. Um, and to see him uh, back healthy and happy uh, has been has been not so much a surprise, but just very gratifying and really excited to see him pitch in our our opening homestand. Yeah, well, I wanted to ask about the fast the fast start in a second, but with Sale, you know, I asked him this question, so I'll give you the same one. Like as a as an organization, when he gets through spring training healthy, all systems go. Considering what he's been through the last few years, what you've seen the last few years, how much of a a relief is that? Um, you, you know, look with 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 Chris, and we don't want to make you know, I don't want to jinx anything, but just health overall is is key, and and. Um, he he's been through so much and and we were no excuses but we were victims of the injury bug uh last year to a certain extent every team goes through it uh but i'm really hopeful that we can we can avoid injuries and and show the best version of of the 2023 red sox and what, what they can do I'm, I'm excited for this club as are a lot of people which of the newcomers are you most excited to to see be part of this obviously there's a ton of guys that are brand new to this game yeah I would say uh, Yoshida um, is going to, you know, an electric player uh, after watching what he did in WBC, watching him play at Fenway is going to be really exciting. Um, also excited to watch Tristan Casas at the big league level, getting, you know, really getting an opportunity um, to show what he can do. Uh, and then some of the veteran guys we've been, We've been we've been chasing after Corey Kluver forever. I, I feel like I you know feel like Heim, you you finally convinced him to uh, to come home and play. Um, so really excited. He's such a leader, such a calming uh, presence in the clubhouse. So excited to see him uh, and to get the opening day honor at Fenway Park is is really really cool. So looking forward to that. You, you talked about you know starting fast, winning games early. Um, you know, I think we always ask you about the buzz factor, right? Like, are the Red Sox as relevant as they used to be? Your answer is always winning cures that. After a last place finish, not a surprise to see, you know, kind of the the narrative be that, you know, you guys are not number one in the market. Obviously, some, some very, very good teams in the market right now. Do you feel like, considering how good the Celtics are right now, how good the Bruins are, and having off a last place finish, that, you know, it's, it's kind of paramount to start hot in April and get people to be interested, invested in paying attention really early. Well, it's more, it's more important for um, the long term of, of the season. I think getting momentum um, is really important in terms of our ability to compete and get into the postseason. Uh, I don't think it's relevant uh, how relevant we are <laughs> in terms of um, our stature versus the other teams. We know that um, it's the best sports city in America and there's enough passion and energy and love to go around. Um, but I just, as someone who's who's been here most of my life to see what the Bruins have done uh, this season, you know, Cam Neely and the, the, the whole organization, it's just been extraordinary. And you mentioned the Celtics. Um, my wife and and son and daughter are 
massive Celtics fans. Uh, and so the games are always on in the house. It's just, it's a great, great, great place to be. I, I think where we stack up is for fans to decide, but, but we, but when I talk about a fast start, I, I, I just want to get the momentum going, get the credibility back um, and, and really uh, get the fans something to be excited about and look forward to in terms of uh, the summer months here at Fenway. When you say get the credibility back, do you mean, is there anything you can do or as an organization beyond winning to do that, do you think? You know, I've thought long and hard about that, Chris, over my 22 years here. Something I used to discuss a lot with uh, Mike Hazen and Ben Sherrington, you know, what what sort of comes first? Is it the, the winning uh, or the chemistry that creates winning? And, you know, you talk about credibility with, with the fan base. I do think in some regards, it's it's a zero-sum game. Um, you know, you can talk all you want. You can you can try as hard as you, as you can, can. You can compete. Uh, but if you're not going out and delivering, I mean, in fact, Robert Kraft said it really well yesterday. I saw his, his interview where you know, he said, look, you, we have to deliver. You got to go out and win. Um, that's what our fans expect. Um, this market is has the most passionate fans and we've got four ownership groups entirely committed uh, to winning. So uh, I don't think there really is much that we can do other than go out and, and walk the walk by being competitive and winning baseball games. That that at the end of the day, we're going to do the right things in the community. We're going to do the right things with the ballpark, with the facility, do the right things at the major league baseball level. Um, but for our fans, we need to win games. I mean, if you're going to mention Robert Kraft, I'm going to ask you a, a, an off-track question here. Has, has Meek Mill ever participated in your in the recruitment of a, a player you guys are trying to sign? Uh, no, he hasn't, but we'll take his assistance, uh, and we'll take anyone's uh, help. Uh, actually, Coach Belichick uh, did help us, as I think you, you right. might know, uh, with uh, with getting uh, Justin Turner on board. So, um, look, we, we do the, – the four teams have a great relationship. We try and help each other. And, and we really do believe, I mean, I, I've learned so much from Jonathan Kraft and Rich Gotham, Cam Neely, Amy Latimer. We, we've got a great relationship between the organizations. And uh, I think you'll see that uh, reflected uh, in, uh, around, in and around opening day and opening week. I know this is a very exciting time of year for every baseball fan, you know, everybody in the organization. Fresh start, anything can happen. You've seen years where you guys were not projected to be good that were, you know, World Series championship team in, in 2013, a really good year in 2021, and years where you're projected, you know, by some to win it all where it didn't happen. You look back to uh, even 19 and, and things like that. What's your reasonable, I think we talked to Alex, we talked to Heim, their mantra is be better, improve year over year. What is your reasonable expectation for this team and, and what should a reasonable, realistic goal for the 2023 Red Sox be? I, I think we, we need to compete for a, a, a postseason spot. Uh, I think this is a team that, um, you know, can compete for that and, and play baseball deep into October. I've been around a long, long time. Um, and, you know, anything can happen in this game. But this is a group of veteran guys. Uh, Haim and BOH dramatically improved our bullpen. We know the importance and, and the rise of, um, the bullpen and how important that is in modern baseball. Um, we've got some veteran guys in the rotation, uh, some younger guys coming up, contributing. So um, I, my expectation is that we're going to be in the hunt all year long, and 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 hopefully we'll get into to postseason and and see see what we can do at that point. 
be excited about the possibility of you know fewer games against the AL East. I mean, that's something that last year was a, a huge struggling point for the team, but to have you know more game, more NLE games, more um, you know chances to potentially beat up on weaker competition other than the uh, four teams in a very strong division. Do you think that helps the chances of, of that goal? I think it does help our chances a little bit, just given the historic nature of the American League East right now. Um, our competitors in our own division have done an amazing job um, of building up their organizations at the minor league level, doing through international signings, obviously free agent signings uh, in some some of our rivals markets. So um, look, we, we are in a tough division playing um, a more balanced, on schedule, I think is great for for hopefully being more competitive, but also uh, as a baseball fan, you know, seeing every other club is great. You know, when I was um, when I was younger, seeing uh, interleague play obviously didn't happen. And so the All-Star game was you had to wait for the All-Star game. Um, I, I just think it's great that we're going to see uh, all these National League teams. It'll be great to see those clubs and some of the star players associated with them coming through Fenway and, and playing in new and different ballparks, I think will be interesting for our fans. Nice of you to mention the all-star game as a tease before you announced that you guys finally got the bid accepted <laughs> later on the show, right? Chris, I will tell you, you have been the most uh, um, uh, aggressive, persistent, um, steady member of our beat media on the all-star game issue. So that story, it, it if and when it happens and will be broken uh, by you, it has to be that's, because you, that's you've great. got sources everywhere. Um, <laughs> well, we... the the thing is that I, I was three the last time it happened. So I feel like I have to experience it at some point. And that's now your responsibility. Well, I was sitting in section four as a member of the, um, the San Diego Padres front office um, and actually went to the, the highlight of the all-star 99 all-star week for me was I got invited to an event at, at Peter Gammons' uh, house, which happened to be uh, very near my parents' house, uh, and got to meet all these incredible um, national baseball media members, players, all-stars. Uh, it was quite a week, and we need to repeat that back here in Boston sometime in the near future. Yeah, and as you said, you'll you'll hear it first on, on Mass Live, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> a couple of kind of rapid-fire different topic ones before I let you go. Um, the new rules, I know that you have said privately and publicly for years, fan of the pitch clock, fan of some of these things that are coming into the game. Obviously, some players had some hesitation about some of the things we've seen. Bumps in the road, right? I think it, hilariously, Sergio Romo, even in his uh, you know final appearance where he wasn't even trying to make the team, gets called for pitch clock violation last night. And so there, there's some of those things that happen. Uh, from an executive level, from a league level, how do you think this has worked in terms of the rollout in spring training? And do you feel like, you know, those bumps in the road are behind us generally? I do. You know, obviously we're going to be playing games for real here in 48 hours. And so with a lot more at stake, there may be some some more bumps in the road. Um, but I think those bumps have been limited. I'm just ecstatic about how these changes have have played out from the very first spring training game tuning in and watching uh, the games across the league on on my MLB TV app um I just find as as a spectator as a viewer whether you work in baseball whether you're a fan the best version of the game is 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 now coming back where more action more balls in play more athleticism more offense um and kudos to the players for adjusting these are you know, seven, 800 of the best 
athletes in the world at at adjusting, and they've done a fantastic job. Um, and it's just it's just great for our sport. We really, really needed this. And so to have these changes coupled with the excitement for baseball around the World Baseball Classic um, is a really great way to go into the season. I say it's the smartest rule change ever because from a PR perspective, the league, it there's nobody who wants shorter games more than people who cover baseball. So you're just going to get such good PR out of it all the time that no baseball writer is ever going to rip it. It's such a brilliant move in that way. Well, I, you know, when you and I are slightly different uh, generations, I guess, but it, you know, it does take you back to when you wanted more, you wanted more of the game. You're like, I, I, you know, and, and that's a good thing. Like, like, you know, to, to watch a game and to think, Oh my gosh, it's already the fifth or sixth inning. And there's been, you know, seven, eight runs scored and all sorts of great defensive plays and there's action. That's, that's what you want as whether you're covering it as a member of the media or you work in baseball, you're a fan. Um, nobody likes that dead time sitting around. And, and, you know, I know our defense, you know, deep, our, our position players, they want the game to move at a more rapid clip. And we're all guilty of creating this dynamic with the, the deployment of so many analytics, so much information, uh, the pressure that we put on our players to use information, to make decisions in game. Um, I think we're all guilty. We all sort of created this, this uh, problem. And it's great to see that the players and the owners came together uh, to work together to, to solve this. And, and hopefully it'll be really well received by our fans. Uh, here at JetBlue, they're playing Sweet Caroline. You might be able to hear in the background. Uh, so now that's a good a good time to ask you about the changes at Fenway. I know Mayor Wu was there. New clubhouse looks looks good. Uh, as long as the boombox can be shut off for purposes of media interviews, that's all we care about. Um, what was important? Why was it important to you guys to kind of revamp that clubhouse? And then what are some of the other things you're excited about ballpark-wise heading in? Yeah, you know, we had to uh, we had to create Club Cora for those post game celebrations. I know you could see the the strobe lights and some of the, uh, the the cooler features. And I actually think there's a subwoofer up there. The stereo might be even louder. So apologies in advance. Um, okay. But, but that should be limited to uh, to winds. So hopefully there's a lot of noise in there. Um, look, we needed to, uh, to you know we toured we toured the clubhouse last night with, uh, with John Henry. And he said to me, you know, a clubhouse, we finally have a clubhouse. Um, it, it, it's just really difficult at Fenway park. Fenway is so great for so many reasons, but we fight for inches. It's very small over the years. We've tried our best to, um, improve and enhance the clubhouse, but, uh, we finally have, um, moved it into the, the modern uh, era. It's it's beautiful. I think our players were, really like it. We've got a new women's uh, coaches locker room. We've got a big uh, new coaches meeting space connected to Alex's office, uh, the training room uh, and, and the clubhouse area, the grooming areas, everything's been improved. Um, and our players really need that. They spend so much time at the ballpark. So that's critical. Of course, we've got new LED lights, um, which will be be very well received, I think, in terms of not only the energy efficiency, but providing um, better better lighting for for the ballpark. Um, and then we've got a totally revamped and expanded kids concourse, so all sorts of new things for kids out in the right field area. So um, we always try to have new offerings and amenities at Fenway, and and this year's no different. Uh, I'll end with this one. This is this is the definition of putting you on the spot because 
we just did our predictions podcast at Mass Live and, and predictions for the year. I don't know if you've ever done this before. Will you give your your predicted win total for the Boston Red Sox in 2023? Sure, why not? Uh, I'll take uh, 88 wins. 88. All right. There you go. You heard it here first. Well, Sam, we appreciate it. I appreciate the uh, the time and uh, see you Thursday for uh, all, right. uh, all, all bundled up. Look forward to it. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks, Chris. Travel safe. <laughs> <laughs>